Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode, episode 27 of the Mill Spec Believer podcast. I am stoked to be with you guys. Um, truly uh, feel like I've been pulled in every single direction uh, since the last episode I put out. And yeah, sorry, guys. Haven't been able to put much content out, but I'm super excited for this episode. Um, I get a lot of questions about this one and just seems super relevant. Uh, one caveat, I am coming off of losing my voice, just been coughing a lot, been sick. Um, so sorry that I sound like this, but we're just going to press. So an occupation of killing as a Christian, uh, just to set the stage a tiny bit. Uh, when I originally was in college, um, I just got to UCF. Um, I was trying to figure out what career field I wanted to pursue in the military. Um, I knew I wanted to pursue a battlefield airman career field. Um, I was pretty sold on combat rescue officer, uh, Crow, because that was honestly the only one I knew about at the time. And uh, I didn't know Stowe, special tactics officer, or TACPO, um, tactical air control party officer, were a thing. So... I love the idea of the mission set, though, for Crow, you know, that fully existed to help people and save them. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Obviously, you know, still combat oriented, but uh, you're there to help people. Um, but as I hit my junior year at UCF, I heard about TACPO and my eyes definitely shifted more to that. Um, you know, with the close air support mission set, that, that definitely was appealing and seemed like a really cool job. Um, pause real quick. Uh, if you don't know what attack P is or what their mission set is, I know I've co covered this often, but just for any, uh, any stragglers there, uh, it stands for tactical air control party and your primary mission set involves coordinating close air support to neutralize an enemy force. So, um, hence the title of the episode and occupation of killing. Um, so with that said, there was somewhat of a moral dilemma there, right? Um, how could I, as a Christian, join a career field that fully exists to kill people? Um, if you go back and listen to episode one or some of the early ep earlier episodes, I was very clear that I was joining the military as a ministry. I, I wanted to get in the military to be a light. It's like, wait, but you're going to do that in an occupation that is all about dropping bombs or warheads on foreheads, as everyone says. Um, and even look at the progression of a JTAC, a Joint Terminal Attack Controller. Uh, the entire development of your JTAC skills and, and techniques are all aimed at speeding up that kill chain and making it more effective. So, so again, what's the answer here? Why is it okay? Why is it not okay biblically? Uh, for a Christian to join the military with full knowledge that they will most likely have to kill people. Obviously, I am a TACP officer, so I think you know where I land on this argument, but stay with me. Uh, just to prepare you as we dig into this biblically, uh, we're going to look at three things here. We're going to first look at the sanctity of life. Uh, we're then going to look at murder versus war. And then finally, we're going to close it up with uh, a look at our hearts and what the Bible says about that as well. 
final caveat, and then we'll dig into the meat and potatoes of this thing. Um, context is key, guys. Um, please don't um, have a, a dilemma in your head at, hmm, I wonder what God thinks about X. And go Google that, and then go pull up the first verse that comes out and think you have an answer. That's not how scripture works. That's not how the Bible was intended to be read. Um, <clears throat> as we work through uh, issues or as we work through things that life throws at us, we have to look to scripture for those answers. So that is the right move, but we have to do it looking at context. So we got to look at the Old Testament. We got to look at the New Testament and we got to um, look at it as a whole in order to see uh, what what we can best interpret is what God is calling us to. All right, so sanctity of life. The first thing I want to hit on here is the sanctity of life. And we just celebrated this, you know, a few weeks ago, Sanctity of Life Sunday, if you uh, are in church or uh, just... The entire week, I think, was dedicated to that. Uh, I think there was a lot of rallies. Anyways, it's obviously something that, um, as a Christian, I hold to. Um, but when we address the sanctity of life, we have to start at the beginning of the Bible. So Adam and Eve, right? Uh, Genesis 1, verses 26 through 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we, we establish right out of the gate a creator and creation relationship. What does that mean? It means that we are a mere creation, and He, God, is the Creator. He is greater than us in all things. Um, as the Creator, look at Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Like, all life is sacred, and God views it that way. Men, women, children unborn children, all knitted together by the Creator Himself. Um, God loves His people. He loves, obviously, those who call them, or those who are believers, His chosen ones. Um, but there's also even even common grace for, for those who don't love Him, for those who hate Him. You know, they're not instantly in hell. They're not instantly put to death as soon as they open their mouth in sin. Um so I think all life is sacred is, is the key here. All right, let's take a shift here. Point two, murder. Um, <laughs> that's a solid transition. <laughs> um, so God's talking to Noah here in Genesis 9-6. Um, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image, Right? This kind of connects everything we were just talking about. Um, there is the sanctity of life, and because of that, if man you know, takes another man's life, 
uh, God basically is declaring the sanctity of life through this verse. Uh, the earth has just been flooded, uh, and God uh, is talking to Noah. He describes that moving forward, those who kill will be killed, whether that's you know an animal or a person. Um, basically saying there's a price to pay or a reckoning for murder. But wait a second, didn't God just wipe the face of the earth? How is that not considered murder? Um, so let's look at the actual definition of murder here. Um, the unlawful killing of another human being without justification or excuse. Now, if you look at murder in different jurisdictions or different uh, countries, obviously that definition is going to shift. But for the sake of this argument, this is the most general definition that I could find for the U.S. So again, the unlawful killing of another human being without justification or excuse. So we just talked about the creator-creation relationship. God has every justification to send us to hell for eternity. We are sinners and he is holy, period. So would I consider the flood murder? No, God is God and we are merely man. Psalm 144 verse four, man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Uh, plenty of verses in the Bible you can refer to talking about that we do not know the ways of God and his decisions, but we do know that God is just in all things. So back to the original argument. Based on what we just read, those who kill will be killed, right? Sixth commandment, do not murder. So is that my answer? Do I stop right there? I think a lot of people who take verses out of context do stop right there and they go, okay, I, I guess I shouldn't join the military. I put myself in a position where I have to kill someone. Um, it's pretty cut and dry in the Ten Commandments. Um, but before we accept that super out of context statement, let's dig further. Um, we just looked at murder being condemned by God, but let's look at war being approved, and even encouraged by God. Ecclesiastes 3, 8, chapter 3, verse 8. A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. There is a time for everything, guys. Um, Deuteronomy 20, verses 1 through 4. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord, your God, is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. 
I know that was a mouthful, but that last verse was everything. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. So not only was war okay for the Israelites, but God went with them. He commanded them, you know, to go to war. Um, there was countless battles throughout the book of Joshua where it was inevitable that Israel was going to lose these battles based on numbers, based on lots of different circumstances. And yet God essentially won these battles for his people. In one instance, God called down giant stones to crush an enemy. Can't even imagine. Um, Hopefully this is starting to make things a little clear. But I will say that the only... You know, the only caveat I would have to this scripture that I just said, uh, being used as an argument for war being okay, you know, kind of the devil's advocate of this is that this was a war for God's people to take over the promised land. Uh, When God told them about the promised land, it was currently being occupied by tons of people, giants even, nations. Um, But God had set aside that inheritance for his people And God blessed the hands of the Israelites as they fought the wars to gain that promised land. So with that said, I wouldn't endorse war based on this scripture alone. Um, But I think it can be used to make a solid distinction between war and murder. Uh, The two are clearly different and are not viewed by God the same. Uh, Otherwise, he would have been openly encouraging the Israelites to break uh, the sixth commandment, do not murder, by having them go earn the promised land or fight for the promised land through sin. No, like that's that's not what was happening. Um, What are we fighting for when we go to war in the U.S.? Um, Obviously, the Israelites had a just cause that was commanded by God. uh, But what about America? What about the wars we are fighting? Should we be participating? Uh, I think it's a valid question that you should ask. Uh, This episode might uh, be outdated by the time someone listens to it, Uh, but it's a valid question to ask before joining. Um, I'm going to keep this pretty general because I don't want to get too political. Um, But in general, we have freedoms here in America that other nations do not share. As an example, uh, our biggest enemy is China, where Christianity and Bibles are banned. By fighting our nation's wars, we allow for those freedoms to carry on and not get infringed. Um, Obviously, the last two years here in America, we've been sending, uh, or sorry, we've been seeing those freedoms compromised from the inside of all places, uh, but I digress. Um, the only point I was trying to make here is that fighting wars for your country, uh, I think is a good and noble thing, but obviously if your country takes a turn and, uh, is not fighting for the right things, then I don't know if as a Christian, it would, you know, be the best idea to join that unit or join that, uh, military. That's all I'll say. So we've talked about the sanctity of life. We've talked about murder versus war from a practical standpoint. 
Um, and I want to close this argument with a look at our hearts. Um, in the Old Testament, the Israelites had the Ten Commandments, number six being do not murder. Um, the Pharisees followed these rules almost perfectly on the outside, uh, even created hundreds of other laws that they kept on the outside. Um, but their hearts were so empty and they did these things for self-gratification. At least that's the theme of what we see in the Bible. Um, they were not doing these things for the glory of God, but for the glory of man. Um, when Jesus came, he spoke, he exposed this, and really shed light on the hearts of the Pharisees. We see that all through the New Testament. Uh, Matthew 5, verses 21 through 22 Um this is Jesus. He says, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So Jesus points to the heart. He, he says, if you hate your brother, you are committing murder in your heart. So good question here is, who is your brother? Who is your neighbor? If you remember, Jesus uh, was asked this question by a lawyer after telling the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10. Uh, the Jews hated the Samaritans absolutely disgusted by them and vice versa. And, and then Jesus tells this parable that rocks their world, uh, this story that the Samaritan loves his neighbor, even though he is a Jew. He, the Jew is hurt, beat up, robbed, and he cares for him, clothes him, fits the bill for his room and board. And, and this raises the standard. Jesus is raising the standard to love everyone uh, because everyone is your neighbor, not just Jews, not just people who love you, but everyone. Again, this all comes back to the sanctity of life. All life is precious. All people are made in the image of God. Russian soldiers, North Korean soldiers, Chinese soldiers, Taliban fighters, ISIS fighters, all precious and made in the image of God. If we go to war with our enemy and we hate them, I do believe that we are in sin. Maybe they killed your friends, your buddies, your family, and I, I know that's hard. I'm not, I'm not trying to say like that's an easy pill to swallow. Um, Romans 12 verses 19 Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. If you hate someone in your heart, you are guilty in the eyes of the Lord of murder. So the, the question is, where's your heart at? Um, are you just hungry to go annihilate some people from the earth? Are you that pissed off that you're just hungry to go annihilate some people? 
Uh, do you do you want to become a TACP or or join one of these combat career fields so you can drop bombs and and just murder hundreds of dudes uh, that have hurt you in some way, shape, or form, or a sense of patriotism that you hate them so much? Um, if that's where you're at and you're not in the military yet, uh, I would highly encourage you to pause and not join the military with that type of mindset. I do believe you are in sin. Are you already in the military and you're jaded, frustrated with the enemy? Um, like insanely understandable, guys. <laughs> um, so if, if you are in this place and, and you hate your enemy, um, I would encourage you to step back and reflect on the sanctity of life. Reflect on your own sin and remember that we all, again, we all, everyone, fall short of the glory of God. We should be praying for our enemy, praying for their souls to be saved by Christ, praying for the leaders of these countries uh, who are awful to their people, praying that their leaders would have their hearts saved by Christ. No one is too far for God to save them. Um, for those of you who think, well, if, if I kill someone, what if they would have accepted Jesus later on in their life? Is that my fault that, that they are not going to heaven? Um, I would encourage you to look at Ephesians 1 verses 4 through 5. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Before the foundations of the world, guys, God knows all of his children. He has numbered all of our days, and he must be the one to do the work in their heart to save them. If someone is killed in battle um, who was not saved, the day would have never come for them to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Um, if you fear this, then I would encourage you to rest. Rest and know that God is the orchestrator of all things. So, to close, uh, with this matter, with any matter, uh, the right or wrong comes from your heart. But here's the good news. If you do hate your enemy, if you do struggle with this, God can do the work in your heart. Um, pray to him. Ask him to give you a love for those who were made in his image. Uh, reflect and know that you are no better than your enemy and that you deserve to be in hell for eternity. Praise God for his grace. Praise God for Jesus and that he accomplished everything that we are so incapable of doing ourselves. How can you join the military in a profession that expects you to kill people as a Christian? You do so with a love for all life, with a knowledge of what God has called you to, specifically love, and you do so with a constant reflection of the gospel.
Any other brain busters, hit me up on social media. Hopefully this was helpful and is encouraging to you, you know, as you navigate either the decision to join the military or you navigate the daily grind of being in the military. Uh, hopefully I answered the question or at least uh, my view of what scripture points us to. Um, yeah, I love you guys. Be bold and I will see you soon.